welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Yasmin Castaneda is a first-generation Mexican-American that currently lives in Austin, Texas, with her daughters and husband. She was born in California and grew up in Tijuana, Mexico. After 20-plus years in the real estate industry, Yasmin decided it was time to pivot and pursue a different path that would better align with her personal values and her entrepreneurship spirit. In 2020, Origin Mexico was born with a mission to share Mexico's heritage through the beauty of artisanal goods while helping artisan women share the craftsmanship that has been passed down through many generations. She is on this life path due to the many sacrifices made by her family, and her goal is to honor those sacrifices by helping others that are seeking a better future for their families, just as her family did many years ago. Yasmin enjoys traveling, cooking, reading, and is working on being more present to better enjoy those small yet beautiful moments in life. Hi, Yasmin. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this afternoon? Hi, Tess. I am doing great. Just excited to have this amazing conversation with you. Same here. Thank you so much for saying yes. Okay, so let's get started. So you were born in Los Angeles, California, but grew up in Tijuana, Mexico. So what was that like for you growing up in Tijuana? Yes, it was really an amazing experience. And, you know, now that I'm older and living in Texas, I realized that it was a very different experience because hmm. not not a lot of people have the opportunity of growing up in a bicultural environment, which is what I did. I was born in California, like you mentioned, and my mother moved us to um, Tijuana, Mexico, which is right across the border. This is in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you know, waking up very early every day, getting ready for school and versus commuting to your local, you know, public school within, you know, like any town would or any city, I would actually have to cross the border and into a different country um, every day. And you wake up very early, right? Because Uh there is a border crossing and possibly traffic delays. So it was, it was amazing to me. That was, a normal life to mm. me that was just reality because a lot of my friends mm-hmm. um, also did this mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it it was great um, I was able to enjoy both cultures growing up in California but also mm. living in in Mexico mm-hmm. and essentially every day you wake up extremely early 5 a.m wow uh, for anyone that oh for anyone gosh. that may have has had this experience it's uh, my husband also did this he grew up in Mexicali which is another border town in uh-huh. um, California huh. but it was great I didn't really realize that it was that different until I moved to Texas and I started sharing that experience with other people mm-hmm. and then they would kind of give me uh, like a double take like wait uh, you lived in California um, I'm sorry you lived in Mexico but then you would study in California 
And I said, yeah, it was just part of our life. It was normal. A lot of people do this. They go to school there or they commute to work in California while living in Mexico. Mm. So it was great. Um, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I didn't really enjoy having to wake up super early. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, especially <laughs> when you're when you're young. I don't know if I could have done that. And I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't it wasn't something that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, it was great to come home. Quite honestly, one of the best memories that I have is to come home mm. after school. You're tired, you're hungry, and you know, you're getting ready to work on your homework like any other kid. Uh, but I would come home to a house that smelled mm. like you would get this aroma, like the scent of like there's a Mexican mm. um, plate that's dinner for that that's ready for you. There is wow. a meal that is freshly prepared and mm. I, I remember just the, I, that that was just a great memory just coming home to to that wow. was really nice that's really cool uh, you know it's uh, when you're sharing about like getting up early in the morning and going through like basically like you said two different countries you go from one to the other and for you it was a way of life right so have you shared that story with your is it how many children do you have? One or two? Or... I have three. You have three. I have okay. A, I have an older daughter. Okay. Um, and then I have two younger ones. Okay. And I have, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because to them, mm -hmm. like a child's world is just based on what they've seen, what they've experienced. Right. So, you know, here are younger ones. They they go to school within mm -hmm. the city. Um, right. And they speak the same language mm -hmm. and the traffic signals aren't the same you know mm -hmm. language um, right but when I describe to them that it was very different for me mm -hmm. they don't seem to relate I don't think <laughs> my older daughter does yes um, oh I would think so older, yeah so she understands and right. she thinks it's really cool uh -huh. um but my younger ones are not quite there yet <laughs> <laughs> well I, you know it's got to be interesting for them because here you are you manage to um navigate both worlds in a way seamlessly right over the years and for them it's got to be like how did how, how could you possibly have been able to do that and and for me you know I mean because I grew up in New York um I mean I was born in the Philippines but I grew up in New York so it I while I still know the language I can't speak it or I can speak it a little bit, you know, my husband makes fun of me thinking that I'm faking it. And I'm like, actually, right. you know, I'm like, <laughs> I can understand it, but it's hard to speak it after you haven't in for so long, right? So right. I just think it's it's really fascinating that for you, it was seamless, you know, and for, like you said, for your younger kids, it would be maybe harder. I mean, it would, they would probably pick it up, but it would be harder to also relate to that experience, right? Yes. And, you know, although for me, when I was younger, it seemed to, to be seamless. Mm. It was also very interesting because I was born in California mm -hmm. and grew up in Mexico until I was 18. Mm -hmm. However, it's an interesting feeling that you're not 100% either American or Mexican. Mm -hmm. For me, yeah. it, it is, I, I, I'm fluent in English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um but it's different because as you're, as I was growing up and I would travel more to Mexico, central Mexico and some of the most southern states of Mexico, I realized that people would pick up 
on my accent. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. would, <laughs> and they would immediately identify me as like, you're, you're not from this yeah. part of Mexico, are you? Right. So it was yeah. really interesting. Um, but then growing up in California, right, you're also not 100% American. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very strange. Like I embrace both cultures. I love both cultures. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I that I connect with with you know, both cultures and just, mm-hmm. um, experiences, but it's interesting because you're somewhat not in limbo. That's not the, the best way to describe it, but I have sometimes felt growing up that you're not either a hundred percent Mexican or a hundred percent American, mm-hmm. but you know, I've learned to just embrace mm-hmm. being who I am right. and I'm able to communicate in Spanish and English, although my Spanish sometimes, um, people could definitely <laughs> tell, like, oh, you're from a different part of Mexico, yeah. which is, like, more northern, more, like, border city. We, right. We speak in a more, um, like, our vocabulary, or for a mine, I shouldn't uh-huh. generalize it, but mine is a bit more not as formal, mm-hmm. and it, there is more slang to it. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. More Americanized words, right. I would say. Right. But it's, it's. I love it. It just mm-hmm. makes me who I am. Yeah. And I, it's just part of uh, my growing up experience mm-hmm. and um, something that I could hopefully share with my daughters. I love that. Okay. So this one thing really stood out to me. So can you share the story of your mom emigrating to the U.S.? And I mean, you were raised by your mother. So what yeah. lessons did you learn from her growing up? Wow, there are so many lessons that I've learned from her. Um, she was, she immigrated from Mexico to California, to Los Angeles, when she was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she must have been 17 years old. Wow. And huh. very young. Yeah. Um, did not understand the culture, did not speak a word of English. Um, she essentially just, you know, sort of... Um, arrived and and took on a challenge of mm. creating a better life for mm-hmm. us or mm-hmm. then I had so I have an older brother I have three brothers total mm. and I'm the second and um the second child so I'm the only girl of the family and okay. so when um she was you know very young mm-hmm. she just wanted to seek a better opportunity here in the states mm-hmm. and she did that by moving to California um, unfortunately, things didn't work out with my father, so he was never in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I always like to share that my mom is the one that raised us. Mm-hmm. Um, she did it by herself. She did it, you know, solo. Um, wow. And that in itself, you know, based on the list, like lessons that I've learned from her and why she's really inspired me is that in itself is so so difficult Mm -hmm. to raise children in a different country not understanding the language um, or the culture you know she didn't have a a degree she didn't have any formal education that Mm -hmm. she could rely on Um, so yes I was born um, in in California Mm -hmm. and my mother I think when I was about or when she was about 19 mm-hmm. which is when she had me right um, and a few days after that she decided to leave my dad oh wow she made that decision of just ending that relationship so uh, I didn't really have an opportunity to meet him or mm. spend any time with him 
Um, and the lesson learned there for my mom is resilience. Mm -hmm. She has taught me so much about resiliency and she continues to do that to this day. Mm -hmm. So I really admire her strength Mm -hmm. and I think her perseverance and as well as, um, she's very optimistic Mm -hmm. on, on life, on certain circumstances. So I think that I've learned a lot from just watching her mm-hmm. encounter certain situations in life and even if they're negative there is a solution you know it's might be very difficult to reach that solution mm-hmm. but it's definitely possible uh-huh. so um yeah is she you know she's been a great teacher mm. and she continues to be a great teacher i love that okay so i read that you worked in the corporate world for over 20 years in different roles um, what made you decide to leave the corporate world? And do you think that these roles that you had led you to where you are now? I think so. I, I think that it led me to where I am today because it gave me the, the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned so many things about managing a business mm-hmm. and working with other people collaborating, networking. Um, So the way that I like to describe my, my history with my corporate experience is that it's a very nonlinear journey, Mm -hmm. meaning that I started in the corporate world when I was very young. Um, I thought at that point that that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted the, the title. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted the responsibility. I wanted to achieve certain things in my career uh-huh. and to also receive the accolades. Like, I really wanted that. I aspired for that. Mm-hmm. I was um, driven. And I think that I reached a point in my life when I started noticing that I was missing out on a lot of uh, mm-hmm. moments with my daughters and mm-hmm. my husband and my family mm-hmm. that it just wasn't it wasn't fulfilling anymore. Mm. And as much as I try to convince myself that I wanted to be this like super successful, ambitious person, it wasn't who I was as a person. Mm. And it took me several years. I think, um, I think that I started questioning what I wanted to do with the rest of my life when Mm -hmm. I was about 30. Oh, okay. (laughs) And Uh and it took me about 10 years to actually make a decision to, to let the fear go and to actually decide what is it that you want to do? What will be not only fulfilling, Mm -hmm. but what will create a life that you're seeking, not just for yourself, but also for your family. So, it was, uh, it took me a long time. Mm. I wish, I mean, now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't wait that long. You know, I wish <laughs> I, I would have uh, jumped sooner, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And and that's just part of my story. Okay. Um, well, okay, so but, let's, uh, so mm-hmm. I'm sorry, so, so let's get into that. So you are the founder of mm. Origin Mexico. So what is Origin Mexico and what prompted you to create it? Origin Mexico is a lifestyle brand that promotes artisanal handmade goods from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And we work with artisan women throughout different regions of Mexico. They create these beautiful, unique handcrafted items Mm -hmm. that have taken them 
hours to several days Mm -hmm. to create and um, everything that they do is just it's amazing it's super impressive it's they're so talented sometimes I will look at things that they send me or that I pick up in Mexico and Uh I cannot believe that they you know devoted 30 hours into a dress or a, a, a textile and especially in a life of like instant gratification, you know, uh-huh. we have Amazon Prime. Yeah. We have all these other uh, places where we need it yesterday. It's amazing that somebody actually spends days of mm. their life creating something for somebody else to wear or just mm. to enjoy their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I decided to pivot from my corporate world and decide to <laughs> pursue something that I was very passionate about, mm-hmm. I... I think the first time in my life, I actually had an opportunity to decide what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I think that earlier in life, a lot of decisions were made for me Mm -hmm. based on just life circumstances. You, you know, you have to make a decision because of, you know, X, or you have to make a decision because of this. Mm -hmm. So for the first time in my life, I had an opportunity to actually think about something that I was so passionate about. Mm-hmm. that I would wake up in the morning and feel very excited to do just to pursue. Um, and I decided that I would create this brand mm. that works with Mexica, with, with Mexican women mm-hmm. um, and hopefully create more jobs for mm. them mm-hmm. while they are able to spend time with their children. Wow. So a lot of this resonates with me because of the time that I had to sacrifice away from my family. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in the corporate world, you're traveling, you have these like long days, meetings, mm-hmm. you have to wake up super early yep. or you have projects or whatnot. And it's like the weekend, right? And right. versus spending time with your family, you're working on a project. And that mm-hmm. was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I remember thinking back then when I was in the corporate world, just feeling so guilty for dropping off my kids at daycare. Mm. Even, um, you know, I just, I, I knew that it, it would kill me just to drop them off uh, because I didn't spend any time with them. I would uh-huh. spend maybe two to three hours uh-huh. a day. Um, and when I, you know, fast forward to about two years ago, when I had this opportunity to craft something of mine mm-hmm. that would create a, a, a a positive impact in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. I thought about, okay, uh, let's work with artists and women. Um, they can work out of their homes. Mm-hmm. Their kids can be right next to them. Yeah. You don't have to drop them off anywhere at daycare. Right. Um, so I, I sort of related my story with their stories in the sense that we're moms. Uh-huh. We just want to create a better future for our kids. We yes. just want to be able to be present and enjoy our kids as much as we can and for them to enjoy us us in the best possible version of mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. um and uh hopefully and 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 they would have a source of income as well while right. they do this i love that and you know what it's so true because that you know i always say this like you know we may be from different countries but at the end of the day we all have the same concerns Right. We all want we all want the same thing for our families, you know, just to have a safe place for them and make sure that they're uh, they're okay at the end of the day. They have every necessity that they need, you know, 
um, fulfilled. So I love that you, you know, it may have taken you a while, but you decided that this was going to be your path. So how do you, how did you find these artisans, you know, so you could create Origin Mexico? So the first family that I began working with, they're based out of Hidalgo, Mexico. Um, they are the Hernandez family. And I found them through our travels. We, my oh. husband and I would travel a lot um, in Mexico prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. And now we just recently resumed our travels. Um, so it was really during our travels that we met several artisans mm -hmm. and we reconnected in 2020. Mm. Um, and surprisingly, you know, it was timing. You know, mm. it's, it's interesting how everything just sort of uh, aligns itself mm -hmm. in a way. Um, we moved from California to Texas about three days before COVID. Oh, wow. And <laughs> oh, geez. So that was okay. an interesting phase. Uh -huh. um, and I was still working for my my corporate job in California. So I was working remote. Uh -huh. um, but I decided to quit a couple of months after that. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, the summer of 2020 is mm -hmm. when I decided to quit my job and pursue this venture full-time mm -hmm. right. and at that point I reached out to the artisans that I had met previously and mm. they did share because of COVID mm -hmm. their um, income had really reduced to almost nothing because wow. they really do rely on tourism right and oh yeah uh -huh. yeah so I proposed this idea and I said, you know, I would love, this is an idea that I have. I would love to collaborate with you. I only want to work with artisans that I know mm -hmm. um, because it's a very, it's kind of like a tight knit community and a family. Mm -hmm. I just really wanted to keep my, my group fairly small to begin with mm -hmm. as I was learning everything and learning to navigate owning my business. Right. Um, and they were super excited because they did say, you know, we would love this. Oh, um, that's awesome. Really. Yeah, they, it was perfect timing for them as well, because mm -hmm. due to the fact that they had no tourism, mm -hmm. they weren't able to sell their beautiful clothing to anyone. Right. So this sort of allowed us to help each other. And again, it was just timing. Um, other other artisans mm -hmm. I've met through recent travels. Mm -hmm. So we have visited Oaxaca. We visited during the summer as a family. So mm -hmm. it was really cool that my daughters, my younger daughters were able to meet oh, the artisans and just that's understand wonderful. Uh -huh. yeah, the process of huh. what it entailed yeah. <laughs> to, to craft something so beautiful and just to meet people like different communities and different um, regions of Oaxaca, different foods. So it was really cool mm. for them to experience that. That's so cool. And, and, you know, what a way for them to see, mm -hmm. you know, um, in person, like you said, all the work that these artisans do for to make a living and, you know, that you're helping them out um, by making sure that they are being provided for their own families. That's really cool. Um, so as, an as a female entrepreneur, did you experience any bias when you were getting started? And how did you handle it? when you did I don't believe, I don't believe I did oh, okay um I'm trying to think and possibly hmm. 
Um, I didn't have this on my radar. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't believe so. I possibly could have, to be quite honest. <laughs> okay. I possibly, but I was really not in tune okay. to that. Um, I think the most challenging process or, mm-hmm. or piece of the puzzle for me was to overcome my own doubts and my own mm self-imposed limitations Mm -hmm. that was the most challenging more not so much external but internal Mm -hmm. um was to overcome that imposter syndrome and overcome Mm. that just that doubt that you know when you have a dream or when you when when you just to kind of give you an idea how much I wanted this every day that I would drive to my to my corporate job Mm -hmm. I would daydream you know I would sit in traffic for an hour Mm. because just traffic in California is terrible (laughs) it (laughs) Um, is yeah and uh, I would daydream and I would in my mind start to develop this business plan and I would just do that for the longest time not ever thinking that one day it would actually you know come into fruition or something would actually become of it right and um and then when it did, yeah, I was actually questioning myself, like, wait, am I even up for this? Am I <laughs> qualified for this? Am I even like I know nothing about e-commerce. I mm. know nothing about fashion. I don't consider myself like a, a fashion person mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the passion mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that I feel has allowed me to overcome a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I have the want and the desire to craft a life mm-hmm. that I've always dreamt of. I love and, it. And I think that that's just, those are two things that have really allowed me to push through mm-hmm. my self, self-imposed self limitations mm-hmm. and my, my self-doubts. Hmm. Isn't it interesting, though, that, you know, like you have this dream and you want it so badly, but then when you're doing it, like you're, you're, then you're, you're, the next thing that happens is you doubt yourself because, you know, you're like, well, okay, maybe is this going to work? You know, and and I think, I think, I don't know, maybe it's a, I don't know if it's just women, but I, I know for me, you know, when I was starting this whole thing, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, who's going to listen? You know, it's like, I wonder what's going to (laughs) happen. And then I realized, you know, that, well, what have I got to lose, right? At least I'm putting it out to the universe and see what happens. Because then the next question is, you know, or for some people, I guess it would be like, what if I succeed? Then what? <laughs> you know? Exactly. What happens then? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think yeah. it's it's always gonna be um it's always gonna be there. But I love the fact that you kept you know, you kept on and you, you just forged ahead because you are helping so many artisans and so many women who are really like, you know, relying or maybe not relying, but yeah, they are like your partners in this, correct? Right. And yes. and they're they they become your partners in making sure that they present you you know these beautiful um, whether it's their 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 beautiful uh, goods and and handicrafts and everything that we normally wouldn't see right because like you said you know say mm-hmm. you can get anything on Amazon Prime you can get anything from a department <laughs> store but these are unique. Right. Yes. And I've looked at your site and it is they're beautiful, 
you know, and I'm just like, this is so cool, you know, so I I was really like, blown away by what I saw. And I'm like, holy cow, you know, these are really amazing. So I'm glad that you are partnered with these artisans and and especially women. Uh, So my question for that is, um, why is it important? Why was it important for you to create a company that highlighted artisans, especially women artisans from Mexico? You know, one of the things that I keep going back to as to one of the values of our brand and Mm -hmm. one of the missions is to empower women Mm -hmm. through financial independence. Mm -hmm. And the why that's so important for me is because I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. My mother struggle, Mm -hmm. right? She was a single parent. She had children that she needed to provide for. Right. And she is she has such a strong work ethic that Mm. is it's beyond Mm. you know anything that i've ever seen so it was important for me to be able to help other women especially Mm -hmm. artisans and artisan women Mm -hmm. that may not benefit from a lot of the educational or or financial resources Mm -hmm. that we may benefit from um because i i think that my mom was given so many different opportunities to succeed and she's been able to work with different people because of the opportunities that were presented to her, mm-hmm. you know, while mm-hmm. she went through her journey and her struggles. And it's, I feel that if we have the ability, if we have the voice or a platform to mm-hmm. create something that helps other people, other women specifically mm-hmm. in Mexico, then that then we should. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I had that voice. I never thought that I would ever have a platform. Right. But now that I have created one, yeah. I feel that it's my responsibility and and you mentioned, you know, me working with artists and women and how we're partners and that it's very true. I feel so committed to them. Because I've met them, I know that they have children, Mm -hmm. I know that they have families. Mm -hmm. So it is, it goes beyond just a business Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. It goes, you know, beyond that into more of a commitment um, to help them succeed. Mm -hmm. We all succeed. You know, if I succeed, they succeed. Right. Um, And just to kind of highlight something really quick, the first artisan family that I began working with and 2020 it's Mm -hmm. a mother and a daughter Mm -hmm. and they started um let's see they started hiring sisters and and sisters-in-law and uh and neighbors oh my gosh because our brand has expanded and i mean we're 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 relatively new we're Mm -hmm. not you know we were established about two years ago so Mm -hmm. we're still growing yep there's still like a lot of growing pains Mm -hmm. there's you know we're still expanding right but because we have such a great community of customers and mm-hmm. people that support us, mm-hmm. we've been able to support artisans in other parts of the world. And, wow. you know, we started with the our, um, Hernandez family, two people, mm. and now they're at 25. Oh, my gosh. So That's amazing. They, yes. And, and that's all because, you know, we have an amazing community, um, hopefully, my goal is to continue expanding on our brand so mm-hmm. we can duplicate that and create more jobs 
with other artisan families uh, in that. Mexico. I love that. So is is that part of what uh, the nonprofit that you started, which is Fundacion Envia? So I collaborate with them. I didn't start Fundacion Envia. It's okay. a, um, a nonprofit that is based out of Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they help artists and women through microfinance loans, ah. but also responsible tourism. I love so that. So in addition... In addition to me working with my group of artisan partners, uh-huh. they Fundacion Envia works um, with a- other artisan women, and they provide microfinance loans. They provide oh, all wow. the tools, all the resources, huh. so they could be, so they could um, self-sustain. Also create yeah. their own small businesses, right? And what we do as a company and as a brand is we donate a portion of our proceeds to Fundacion Envia, mm-hmm. and so they could help um, other artists and women. That's amazing. I love that because it's it's like a constant, you know, it's a constant sharing, right, yes. of, of, of um, knowledge and, and also the um, knowledge and work and, and, you know, and then sharing it so others can benefit from it and pretty much the whole community benefits from it. So that's really wonderful. Oh my gosh, I yes. love that. So, um, okay, so going forward, is there something else? Actually, yeah, I mean, so let me go back. So in terms of who you would credit for where you are now, I'm assuming it would be your mom, <laughs> first, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. First and foremost, but is there anyone else or are there people that you would credit for where you are now? Wow, I have... Uh, I'm very fortunate to have an amazing family. So I would really credit my daughters and Mm. my husband Mm. for believing in me. Um, Mm. You know, like I mentioned before, you kind of go through this phase of like imposter syndrome, right? Where you can't, you have to like pinch yourself sometimes. Right. And and really think um, and wonder whether you're capable of doing something that like that, that you've already started to pursue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, my husband has been amazing at just cheering me on mm. and believing in me. And even when I first had the idea, mm-hmm. prior to me even sharing it, like sharing it out loud, uh-huh. I had thought about it for right. a number of years. Right. But it was something that I wasn't quite ready to share. I'm not sure why, but uh-huh. it wasn't something that um, I was ready to mention to anyone else. But I did, right. it, you know. I, I shared it with my husband and I said, you know, I have this amazing idea. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think part of me, I was, um, I was still doubting myself. Mm. And I just wanted to hear that reassurance. Like, right. no, like you could totally do it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know why, but it, I, I feel that now as I'm thinking back to that moment, I was possibly still doubting myself mm. as to whether it was even like a good idea. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And so, I shared it, and I remember he said, you should do it. Just go for it. You know, you have all the experience. You have the, um, you worked in the corporate world. You you know how to manage a business, which is very different, by the way. Mm, I would (laughs) think. When you work for, yeah, when you work for an established company versus you creating your own business, it's very different. But um, he's been 
just amazing, super supportive. And mm. my, my daughters as well, they are super just motivating and mm. very uh, positive about what I'm doing. You know, I'll get on Facebook lives uh-huh. or Instagram lives and yep. my older daughter will send me messages or she'll text me. She said, Oh mom, you, you did great. You know, she knows that I don't, I don't really enjoy um, <laughs> going live, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but she'll send me like nice messages. And those, those are the things that really mean a lot. Oh, that's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. So going forward, is there something that you haven't yet done that you would like to do, whether it's personal or part of Origin Mexico? Ooh, there are so many things. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, well, so name one or two. One or two. So personal, I would love to travel by myself. Mm. Um, and no offense to my family. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. great travel buddies, but I would, I've always wanted to take a trip and just travel by myself, maybe mm-hmm. for 10 days, mm-hmm. uh, maybe trekking or go, you know, maybe like a, a trekking um, uh, experience mm-hmm. in Peru. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to do that. Wow. That's on my to-do. Okay. It keeps, I, I keep postponing it for some reason. <laughs> Every year it's like, next year, next year. Yeah. When I'm 40 and then now that I'm 43, it's like, okay, maybe when I'm 44. <sighs> um, I love it. And... So I would love to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sort of uh, manifesting that, right, to the mm-hmm. universe. Hopefully it happens yep. for me next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, would be amazing. Uh-huh. And then with Origin Mexico, I um, have been approached recently with just a lot of um, other small businesses. You know, I like to share some of the struggles on my social media mm-hmm. of owning a small business. Mm-hmm. Because it's not easy. Um, I know that a lot of times on social media, things are portrayed like, oh, it's all perfect. It's mm-hmm. easy. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not. There's a lot that goes into the background of, you know, how it's done. There's yes. a lot of lessons learned. Right. A lot of mistakes made. Um, but, you know, le- learning opportunities from those mistakes. And and um, I had the opportunity to meet other small businesses in here in Austin mm-hmm. that have approached me and have said, hey, you know, I would love to get your feedback on this or I would oh, love wow. your advice on that. And I, I sometimes my response is like, are you sure? Because I'm still <laughs> learning myself. Like, <laughs> I love it. I am not an expert. I know? love it. I'm like. So they will reach out for advice and I'm just like, I'm still learning this. So yeah. I could tell you what's worked for right. me and what hasn't and sort of the mistakes that I've made along right. the way, but, um, definitely not an expert, but, yeah, but, um, but that's awesome mm-hmm. though, because obviously they seem to connect with you because of your experience. And I don't think they would approach you if they didn't think that you were approachable, first of all. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, I think because you are, you know, a, a, an entrepreneur, you know, and they are trying to do their own thing. So they may just want to, like, probably commiserate with, you know, what they're going right. through, right? <laughs> and yes, it would be so great true. for you to, like, give advice. But the fact that you're saying, it's like, well, I'm just starting out. But I mean, they're probably they're doing the same. 
So, you know, what better way to learn from someone who's already done it, right? And yes. then hopefully learn from that. They could learn from your your experiences, right? So I think I think it's awesome. And I love that yeah. because it's 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 like a cyclical thing, right? You you're always gonna be helping someone, if not learning yourself. Exactly. And that is so true. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wish I had a mentor early on mm. that would have prevented <laughs> so many mistakes or or so many um, that would have allowed me to save time by just giving me a little bit of guidance or direction or have pointed me to the you know mm. right direction and mm-hmm. have said, don't do this, but do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> it would have really saved me a lot of hours. Mm. Um, so that has been something that I've been approached with recently. And I would hope that in the next coming year or so that I'm able to share more of um, very basic information, things Mm -hmm. that have helped me Mm -hmm. get to where I am Mm -hmm. and um, just positive mindset, but also marketing and things that I've learned along the way that could help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe like you said, just listening to somebody event about you know an event or anything like the struggle sometimes we have amazing days as small business owners and then sometimes we're like oh my goodness like am I even cut out for this Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but maybe just having somebody that listens to you and could actually relate to what you're going through right is um I feel that that is important to be felt like you're heard yeah um so yeah next year I would love to help out um anyone and maybe even pursue that as a separate Mm. um as a separate avenue to what I do with my brand is is just sharing some tips and tricks for for small businesses I love that I think that I think that's a great way to you know um expand your business also you know because then people can write into you and you know I mean, depending on, of course, on on the time that you have to, um, you know, to spend on it. But I think right. it would be great because then people can can learn um, through your experiences what you had to go through, and then maybe it's the same. It's, the, it's something that they're going through, and then they can kind of, you know, learn from you and see what worked and what didn't, what works and what doesn't. So. Um, so, okay, if anyone wanted to know more about Origin Mexico, how would they go about it? They could go to our website, and that is um, originmexico.com. I'm also on Instagram, and it's origin underscore Mexico. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook, it's Origin Mexico Goods. So Good. we are on social media. I've actually just also created a TikTok account. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> I know, which seems so strange, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I have a social media person that helps me with that. But um, we are also on Pinterest. Mm. So, and, and we have a blog. So we have a weekly blog that we talk about different things about, um, you know, cultures and traditions and, mm-hmm. and the beautiful things that Mexico has to offer, not just fashion mm-hmm. and textiles, but mm-hmm. like food and, and travel spots and mm. um, certain holidays and how they're celebrated I and that. things that we like we have a 
a blog this week that speaks about papel picado and the origins of that and how it was introduced and how it's used throughout Mexico. So mm. it's, just, it's really cool because I, I'm learning as well through the blogs mm -hmm. um, more about Mexico. So it's not just a way for us to share it with our community, but I'm also, I feel like I'm reconnecting with my culture, living yeah. here in the States. Right. You feel closer. Right. <laughs> you feel yeah. closer to, to Mexico in a way um, as you learn and relearn things that, mm -hmm. that are important to Mexico's history. I love it. Is there anything you'd like to say to my listeners? I would just like to say thank you. Thank you for um, listening to this conversation I really enjoy all of uh, Tessa's podcast. I've been listening to them recently, oh, Tess. Thank you. <laughs> I, I listened to the one that you did to celebrate your 100th episode. Oh, and that you. was super amazing. Um, but just, you know, thank you. I appreciate your time and just appreciate um, you listening to us. Oh, thank you. And so if you had one thing to change that you wish you'd done years ago, what would it be? One thing, ooh, <laughs> I think one thing is I would have believed more in myself mm. and my abilities. Um, I wouldn't have doubted myself so much mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, not just what you're capable of, but building something, crafting something that is the ideal for you. Mm -hmm. So I would have change that um I would have probably given my, myself more permission to to take risks mm -hmm. and and be okay with those risks I'm not I'm, I'm a very risk adverse person so, mm -hmm. so um I I would have uh giving myself that ability to take on a risk that would hopefully or possibly improve uh, my life and the life of my family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I would do. I love it. And my last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? My younger self? Oh my goodness. Um, that is a great question. I would say, um, you know, just believe in yourself. Don't doubt yourself so much and listen to your inner voice. Mm. Um, I know that a lot of times we have an inner voice as women mm -hmm. and we sometimes, I mean, I just speak for myself, but we, 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 we shut it down for some reason thinking that, that possibly it's um, not something that we should listen to, or we don't give it as much credit in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would listen to my inner voice and really be firm with you know my values I mm. wouldn't let any one or any ex like circumstance um change my values mm -hmm. of like what I think is important in life right um I wouldn't let others impose their values onto mine either mm -hmm. um so yeah that's what I would that's uh. the advice that I would give myself is to just remain firm in your values even if things seem a little um, challenging at times mm -hmm. or sometimes, you know, like when I had my role as a C, as, um, I'm sorry, in the, in the corporate role, um, I, it's, it's easy to, 
lose focus mm -hmm. and to take um, and to shift your views onto something that, that at that point might seem like the best decision or like the most, um, yeah, like the best decision for you and your family. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I think we all know deep down exactly what benefits us the mm -hmm. most as persons. Right. Um, and just, yeah, just be firm and, and, and follow that voice. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on to the show and for sharing Absolutely. your story and your life. And, you know, I, I love what you are representing for women in, you know, I mean, for women artisans and women in Mexico. Um, and just, you know, the fact that you are so committed to help out, you know, these communities because it's so needed and they really, um, they, they your partners are there for you as well as you are for them. So I think it's it's a lovely um, partnership, and I just wish you so much luck and and um, success with the next journey of Origin Mexico. And uh, please keep me posted on what's going to be going on with your brand. And I look forward to uh, you know keeping in touch and and just like finding out more about what you're doing, especially when you start to travel, because <laughs> I think that yes. would be amazing. I think that would be yes, amazing. Um, yes. But, you know, I, I, I truly, truly am so glad you came on and for saying yes. Thank because, you for inviting me. Oh, my gosh. I, I, when I looked you up and I'm like, this is so cool because, you know, it's, it's just it's a great way of you showing how women can be partners, you know, and yes. in... It, not just in business, but out in the world, right? So it's really so important. But oh, thank you thank for coming you. on, and and I wish you so much success. And with that, um, have a great day, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Tess. Okay, bye-bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Yasmin Castaneda on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Women. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>